I'm Philip Rose. This is a conversation among friends working in international affairs. We share stories about our life in the real world and beyond the noisy headlines. And we hope a few interesting insights come out. In this episode, I speak with Paloma Serra. Paloma is a career diplomat for Spain, but her life could have taken a very different turn had her parents not enticed her as a child with images about the beauty of African landscapes. Paloma describes the opportunity she had as a freshly minted diplomat to be posted to Ivory Coast and start discovering the continent that had so attracted her. Her experiences there, witnessing both highs and lows of deeply conflicted societies, are her inspiration for her photography and the poems that she wrote and eventually published. I'm delighted to be sharing this wonderful moment with Paloma today. Paloma, I'm really glad that uh, that we get to to connect and have an excuse for a, a bit of a longer personal conversation like this. And uh, I'd like to to ask you to maybe bring us back to where you grew up and to your your childhood. And I know you spoke very fond- fondly to to me about growing up in uh, a small town in north of Spain. So h- how was it like? Um, what was the atmosphere like growing up uh, as a little girl there? What were you talking? What were you talking about in your family? And I was born in Catalonia, not not in uh, not in Asturias, but um, at the age of two, uh, my parents, because my mother is from uh, from the north of Spain, we we moved to Oviedo in Asturias. And um, well, growing up there was um, interesting, especially because I think that was there for the first time that I realized that I really wanted to to go abroad. My parents are both were uh, teachers. They were very fond of um, the languages or uh, traveling, and uh, we, we tried to, I mean, or they tried to, to show us like everything in Spain, everything in Asturias, and uh, we, we got chances to, to, to travel in, in Europe. And um, I think since I was maybe 10, 11 years old, I, I really wanted to, to live uh, outside uh, Spain. You know, it was uh, this feeling that. I, I want to to know what's what's up, uh, and then I want to know the the outside, you know, of uh, of my small uh, city. What was the appeal? Like, what what drew you? Uh, what drew you? Is it was it the images of your 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 travel as a child? Was it like different people? Or of course, I mean the images of travel. I mean the the, the books I was reading, and um, especially I think at that time they had started reading. Um, the, the travel books about uh, all the world, especially about Africa. You know this uh, this feeling that there there, there must be something more, you know? mm-hmm. uh, especially when you are in a city that when you go out in the streets, you know everybody you are, uh, <laughs> and um, that was maybe my, my my first thing. With also, I mean, studying um, other languages because at that time I started studying uh, German and, and French and uh, English. Yeah. So all together, you know, was like focusing me on um, life, maybe, I mean, abroad, uh, abroad and uh, of course, out of uh, Oviedo. And it sounds like your parents were quite encouraging as well. Uh, yes, because uh, um, they already, I mean, they, 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 they were born in different parts of, uh, my mother was born in, in, uh, in Asturias, but my, my father is Catalan. 
and uh, both uh, studied uh, in another city and both then went to college in another place. And my father spent one year in France when he was 15, which was not very, I mean, usual for the for the time, mm, yeah. you know, in the in the 60s. So that was something that, I mean, I had always in mind, like, well, I mean, yeah. my father, when he was 15, he was, I mean, one year in, in, in France, um, I can do it as well. And then what drew you towards international affairs and diplomacy? Was it something you knew early on or what was kind of the... Uh, the path, your path to, towards that? I have to say that I was, I think, hesitating until maybe I was 17 or 18 because I was hesitating between international relations and um, medicine because I also wanted oh, to be wow. a doctor. Yeah, well, I always had that dream no, of being a doctor and going to Africa and help people. It was something <laughs> oh. that, yes, I had, I had in my mind. And then while I was growing up, I started also to to develop this side uh, about international affairs and uh, exploring the possibilities of working in something that could mix my desire for traveling with yeah. um, helping people with international affairs and diplomacy came to to my mind. I had a, a professor yeah. at college in uh, in Oviedo. And her husband was a diplomat, and he came once to to talk to us at the university. I think it was my first year of, of law, and that I was convinced. I mean, I, I I talked to him, and I said, "This is what I want to do." How how is it like when you started in your in your studies in in, um, in uh, international relations, and then with this idea of going into diplomacy? So, what what were the things that kind of struck you, or what were you drawn to the most? Did you, did you still have this this desire to go and and um, uh, work in Africa and and um, and, and w- with this mindset of kind of hel- helping other people. What was going on uh, at that time? Yes, well, I mean, I remember those years because once I finished my 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 my, my law degree, I moved to Madrid, and I start. I mean, I start preparing the 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 civil uh, the servant exam, and it was pretty hard. I mean, the the only good thing is that it was in um in um, like a sort of boarding school that uh, everybody was also preparing civil servant exams, and uh, there were a few diplomats as well, yeah. a few people that were doing the same, and we were talking about I mean challenges and 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 uh, how we should I mean prepare ourselves for for the road ahead because. Well, we were studying pretty hard for a few years, and and then you have just one or two chances to to pass the, the exam. Yeah. So at that yeah. at that point, I wasn't really thinking about um, uh, what was going next. No, besides the yeah. the yeah. exam, yeah. I remember that. Uh, I mean, I loved uh, the the I mean the, the the subject that we had to study, and I also had this call for Africa. I have to say that I I really I mean I I had it. And you never been, have. right? You, you, the only no. images you had were from your books, from from being from my child, books, right? from my movies, from <laughs> so uh, yes, exactly, yeah. exactly. Huh. And um, yeah, I mean, there's some things I, I, I mean, there's some things in life that I, I remember. I may remember perfectly well that I was ten or eleven years old, and my 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 father gave me a book for Christmas. It, it was a book by Sir Richard Barton about yeah. his travelings in Africa. And uh, I mean that book was all all I needed to to, to read about it. And I said <laughs> I want to go there, and then I want to do same things. Imagine, 
Um, and uh, and that was there. That was there. It was a little bit, I don't know, naive maybe, but at the same time it was like, okay, I have this gold and I maybe one day I will go. I, I wasn't sure. And um, yeah, and when I passed the, the when I passed the, the the exam, and I was I mean I worked for a year at the, at the Ministry in Madrid, and then this was this opportunity to go to to Ivory Coast, and I said, oh, oh wow, that is it. I mean, that was uh, your your first posting. Abroad. My first posting, incredible. Because wow. no no one wanted to go. I mean, it was the, yeah the the, the 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 country was at war at that time. It was two thousand and six, yeah. and. Um, the the post was uh, was backhand so uh, <laughs> yeah and I was from the last you know the last batch of of diplomats and um, I said I want to go <laughs> and I did <laughs> oh wow okay. so it was the the circle, the circle no? it was uh, incredible and and in what what was that do, do you mind describing a little bit like uh, re- reaching out every coast in the middle of a civil war with no having never been to Africa having never had an experience working abroad uh, wow like, oh my god <laughs> it was a little bit scary but uh, mostly before going you know it's like this uh, this fear you have to do things you don't know and um, and of course of the ignorance of the of the of the whole situation because you read a lot about it before going, but one thing is to read, or and, and another thing is to be there. I remember that as we arrived there in a very 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 hot day of uh, summer, and um, and I and I loved it from the from minute one. People <laughs> the people were amazing. I mean they were super nice. Um, and um, it's true that uh, in Abidjan, the war, we were living in Abidjan at the time, um, the war was not like, I want to say not real, but uh, the conflicts were outside, I mean, the town and yeah, outside the, yeah. the main cities. So we, of course, we saw the soldiers that they were all uh, around. And um, I had to do a little adjustments, maybe the first two or three months yeah but after that I mean I really I felt it felt like home uh, it was I mean for the first posting and I was the deputy chief of mission and your job your task there was related to to, to conflict management well I mean um, we have a small embassy there there is only mm. an, an ambassador and a deputy so it was almost everything I, everything. I got to deli- yes. And at that time, because, you know, I, 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 I got there in uh, July and uh, the peace agreement was signed in March the next mm. year. Yeah. So we had like a lot of uh, meetings. We were, I mean, we had meetings with the UN uh, all the time, with uh, the members of the European Union, uh, with uh, members of the government. And it was, I mean, it was very interesting, challenging for the first posting. I must, I must imagine it must have been really, really in, intense because, like, like you, you were, you were in this in this region that you've never been in, like culturally to just get familiar with everything, the, the way relationships are done, the, the 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 culture and everything. At the same time, in in a in a position, it so- sounds like uh, because there was so few people in your in your embassy, you probably were exposed to the whole range of uh, of, of of kind of diplomatic issues, m- maybe much more so than you would have been. Had you been in a kind of more established, 
place somewhere else. So I, I guess it must have been kind of a really great learning environment and a kind of fast track of your diplomatic career as well, no? Exactly. I, I don't think that I'm even a diplomat that starts his career. I mean, imagine working in Geneva or, or New York <laughs> or London or Paris. I mean, cannot have the same uh, experiences. I mean, it's it's impossible because you are there, you're alone, and you are in a position where, I mean, your country is not, I mean, or in the case of Spain, it was not at that time, um, all the time following all the issues in Ivory Coast because we don't have, yeah. like, a lot of interest. I mean, we were not France. I mean, like we were a little bit on our own no? sometimes. You you rem- you remember how you felt at the time? Because it, mu- it must have been like really very intense emotions, like uh, b- maybe being f- feeling the the, the the luckiest diplomat on earth to have that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you you still remember what was going on? I remember. I remember that I was I was so young and I was <laughs> so happy to be there. Yeah. Uh, regardless the the shootings at night and the <laughs> soldiers in the road and uh, everything all together but um it was this feeling i mean of freedom and yeah. um like you're doing what you want you've been preparing yourself your whole life for this and yeah. and it happened you know yeah you, did you feel you also had like an impact yourself or or was it was it maybe le- less uh... Mind. That maybe at the beginning or, or, or just in my first postings, I, I didn't feel that much. Yeah. Maybe, of course, I had because, I mean, uh, I remember that we, we especially in uh, cultural affairs, mm. we had some things that were really, really interesting. I remember because we covered it as well. And I that's that was the point of, of living in uh, or, or having this posting. We were covering as well Liberia, uh, Niger and uh, Burkina Faso. Oh, wow. So I had to travel to those countries, and uh, my experiences there were also, I mean, amazing. I remember one cultural one uh, cultural matter we did in uh, in, uh, in Burkina Faso. We went to a small town, uh, in uh, which uh, there were just uh, only two women that were the last of their group that used to paint their houses in mm. a special pattern. And we, we, we visited there and we saw that, uh, we thought that was fantastic. And we said, how can we help them? So we brought them to Abidjan. They paint in Abidjan, they paint a house there. Uh, they sold a certain number of uh, paintings. They were so happy. I mean, they <laughs> were so happy. And those small things, you know, that have uh, maybe a, an impact on, on their yeah. lives. Yeah. And uh, and then well, I have a, lot, a whole bunch of experience um, in in Liberia, which was really tough. How was it like? Because this sounds like one of the toughest places on earth. Well, when you got there the first time, you 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 really think. I mean, uh, or in uh, two thousand and seven when I was there, just a few a few years after the war, the the second year of uh, Shirley. Johnson as president, you, you, you just uh, arrived to a to a country that was totally totally destroyed. I mean, yeah. there were no electricity. You you arrive there at night and you only see candles, and that was you know for the road from the airport to 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 Monrovia, it was like, what I mean, what what is this? I mean, I've, I've never experienced that in my life. And then now you go there, and everybody tells you that well, this is super dangerous. Don't go there. Don't go. Don't walk there. Don't go to the market. Don't go. And um, 
once you start knowing people, once you do things there, you, you start to know them, you start to to share his experiences. No? And um, I was I, I, there I was a privileged diplomat because I was sent by my government for several things and I got the chance to meet with the president, with ministers, with everybody because I was the only, I mean, a Spaniard, a, a diplomatic representative there. And um, I had the chance to witness the, 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 the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, wow. which was one of the toughest experiences of my of my whole life. I mean, oh. I was watching women telling stories about rapes, um, about um, killings, about some atrocities that uh, really, I mean, um, I'm not sure I even can repeat them now. Yeah, so, yeah. And uh, I was with them there in the same room. Um, we were all crying, we were all listening. And the president of the country was there as well, listening oh, wow. as well to. So those, I mean, those things. And were, were there acute pe people who perpetrated these acts? Were there as well? Like, how, how was that? So and no, they were more like uh, victims that were sharing their stories. Yeah. And um, we were all together in a hall, and uh, there were well, the, the 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 particular session I was I was there. Um, they were like for maybe. Three or four hours, oh my God. five or six women talking about their loss, their problems, uh, what had happened, what uh, they had seen. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. And the intent of these commissions was to, reflecting back on it, do, what did you think these sessions were, were doing? I mean, was there much reconciliation going on? I'm not sure about that, but I'm sure that those sessions were more aimed at... Um, Make the the victims um, raise their voice, yeah, 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 and uh, be listened, because uh, I think at the end of the day, um, when some soldiers come and kill your whole family before you, I, I don't see the point for reconciliation, yeah, because I mean the pain is so strong and. Um, there's nothing you can do to, to heal that person. But if she's listened to, um, if uh, she sees that uh, even now the, 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 the people of the government is yeah. listening to what happened, that I think it starts to heal a little bit. No, yeah. At least, yeah. I mean, she doesn't have to hide. Yeah. And that was important in that sense. I don't, uh, I mean, a lot of things uh, were... I mean, we're done in, in Monrovia and especially uh, after in The Hague with uh, with the perpetrators of those yeah. atrocities. But uh, for them, for the for those women, I, I really felt it was important to, to be heard. Mm. You know? yeah. And uh, yeah. that was, uh, I think that was a point for that. And being there just in silence, all crying, uh, I think that mattered to them. Mm. Mm. Yeah. You talked about very positive moments with on a cultural level with these um these women uh with the uh, house painting and then you talk mm -hmm. about these abysmal gruesome acts that were recounted there how did your image of the reality of africa kind of change and and kind of what, what was are there other 
events that really shaped you that you don't mind sharing? Um, yeah, maybe, I, well, I had this idealistic um, image, but uh, maybe not in terms of um, of landscapes. And I, I really, yeah. I didn't have this uh, Im image regarding people. Yeah. So that was my discovery, the people. Yeah, yeah. And um, I usually don't want to say just only Africa because uh, I think it's a mistake you know, that we, we say that yeah. Africa. Africa is not a country. Um, I love the name, though. But um, in my sense, I mean, the, the, the feeling that I was able to, for instance, I mean, meet and try to understand people from uh, West Africa, which are opposite to other people from other parts of the continent. And um, sharing my experiences in really harsh times, as it was in, in, uh, in, um, in Ivory Coast with the war, And after that, because of the aftermath of the of the of the uh, the peace agreement was not easy, uh, and the country was uh, I mean when I, I left uh, Ivory Coast in 2009, and uh, there was a war in the next year, so the the tension was there, you know? So that I mean tries or helps you as a diplomat and as a person to try to look for the best parts of your work, your life, or the people you know, try to make an impact if you can help or if you can do anything, just do it because it's going gonna, it's gonna to have an impact. You know? And then try to learn from your experiences and try to understand what's going on with, mm -hmm. with the people um, trying to think what uh, they have undergone to, to, to be yeah. there. And in that, I mean, in uh, this regard, uh, people from the West Coast, people from Africa in general, has always impressed me because of their resilience. I have never seen anything like that in my life. But even people in Monrovia were smiling, and people were trying to be happy yeah. after everything. And even those women, those women were so happy that the president of the country was there listening to them. They were hugging them, or kissing them, and... Uh, You know, I, I, I don't know what I have done if it was me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But they were like that, you know. And, um, and I think after that, I'm, I'm comfortable in being in, like, complex situations. Yeah. Because I see that there's not uh, just uh, one side or one good yeah. side and one wrong side. And you try to try to analyze the nuisance and the, and everything all together to have the whole picture. Yeah. And I, th I think you, you mentioned something interesting, which is uh, we talk about Africa, but it actually doesn't mean much. Uh, and and we rarely talk about Asia and and, mm. and as a kind of a block. Uh, so I guess you you mentioned that quite quickly. You you your knowledge of Africa and all of its complexities and contradictions uh i mean i mean that, that you 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 started coming to grips with it i imagine you must have noticed quite quickly a a bit of a gap a knowledge gap between the level of sophistication of the dialogue about africa back in the capitals and what you were discovering on the ground um and having traveled quite a bit to africa this is something that i'm completely dismayed about all the time but basic understanding of geography, simplistic vision of conflicts, almost 
almost a racist view of, of conflict in Africa as in, as in uh, good against evil and savage tendencies to go to war and other kind of biases that we, that we might have in, in Europe and in, in the West. I was just curious to kind of ask you how, like, yeah, like how, how did you, did you experience some of that? And, and how did you, did you find yourself having to act as a kind of a bridge or interpreter back to, back to uh, some of the stakeholders back in Europe on, on, on these complexities or, or yeah. Well, yes, I tried to. I mean, this is uh, part of my job. Um, once you go there, once you realize the situation and analyze it, then you have to go back to your headquarters and try to explain it in the best possible way. And um, knowing as well that the experience you have on the field are sometimes impossible to translate into a, a cable to, 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 to yeah. Madrid. But you try to, you try to, and you talk to them, and um, and uh, and it's true. I mean, sometimes you have a very simple exhibition of what is going on, and then when you when you are there, you see that, I mean, there's people like you and me there as yeah, well, yeah, and yeah. Uh, the I mean, intellectuals and uh, the level was was fantastic. I mean, yeah, in the case yeah. of Ivory Coast, out of this world because most of them. Uh, I mean, everybody had studied. Most of them went to college. Yeah, a lot of them went to college abroad. Uh, they have a degree from France. Um, they they came back and uh, and work and uh, tried to to build or rebuild uh, the their country. And uh, I I I met a range of. Uh, incredible and very very interesting people i remember once that i was in a, the house of an of an of an um, ivorian um, gentleman uh, we, we were in a meeting there and uh, i don't know why we start talking about about uh, paintings hmm. and he had hosted basket when basket was went to ivory coast wow <laughs> so it was like what yeah um because those things happen, so you just have to, I mean, embrace the moment and say, okay, this theory of six degrees of uh, separation yeah. <laughs> uh, is totally real. So I'm also related to basket in uh, <laughs> in uh, of any sort because I met someone and he was in this house. He was living here for for a few days because he came to Ivory Coast. So a thing that I I didn't know. Yeah, and um, yes, that uh, there is a lot of ignorance. But I, I've I've experienced it everywhere in the world. I mean, but even in my whole in my, in my own country, mm, yeah. um, you you really have to open yourself, and um, you really have to to see everything with open eyes and uh, and try to be and try and try to understand and listen yeah. without your ideas. Your ideas don't go first. Just listen and then you analyze and then you make up your mind about the rest, I guess. I've, I've always been struck uh, speaking to you about your, your kind of artistic sensitivity and your, your interest in, um, in art and, and, uh, and photography and, and, and poetry. And uh, I've, I've actually, because in preparation for our, for our conversation, I, I Googled you a little bit. Apologies for that. <laughs> and I came across some... some um, some really stunning um, pictures, actually, of um, 
kind of every like everyday scenes uh, mm. of people sitting on a boat or uh, outside a house mm. or very colorful, very I don't know, very inspiring and very peaceful at the same time. Uh, I, I just wanted maybe to ask you to share a little bit like what what role kind of art plays in in your work um and, and uh yeah and, and uh, I, I just wanted to say it's funny because uh, on this podcast we've had a, a couple of um of gmappers working in diplomacy and uh, it, it seems that all, all of them have a, a if if they weren't a diplomat they'd be an artist in some shape or form so <laughs> you, you, you you're, you're kind of like the the confirmation that it seems it seems to be almost a gift. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to say that um, I I've always I mean I, I was always interested in uh, in uh, photography, yeah, yeah. mainly because my my grandfather um, was um, a very good photographer and um, he gave me my first camera when I was like uh, you know fifteen. And then I started to, I mean, to 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 take uh, the, the pictures. But I have to say that I really, I mean, or started to see myself as a photographer um, was when I when I when I first landed in Ivory Coast, because hmm. what I saw was just uh, overwhelming in terms of nature. And I think that that connection and is what I'm profoundly thankful to to Ivory Coast and to Africa in general, is that uh, the, my, my, my work there gave me the opportunity to, to connect with that part, mm. with uh, that part of me and nature. And, um, and that was uh, at the beginning I was trying to, to photograph my everyday or what I saw, the trees, the leaves, people, everything. And I started uh, doing that, and I and I haven't stopped since. And it's something that I I love. It's like um, you know I I take pictures because it's like um, to me it's it's the way of uh, of having this moment forever. Yeah. And you you tend to be attracted to 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 nature or 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 or, or human figures that are kind of small in in a natural yes. landscape. Like is that, is that like that, can you share a bit more? Like what's drawing your attention actually? <laughs> I well, you know, at the beginning, I I got this maybe criticism saying that I don't I don't photograph people. Um, <laughs> I say no. I love like the place, and if you are there, you can be there small, but don't you know don't mix with the whole picture. Don't mess I, the beauty. <laughs> no, and I try to capture, and and, and and I don't know. Sometimes I I do. Sometimes I don't. Um, try to capture the the beauty of the moment because you know some places are just overwhelming, and you really need to stay there for five minutes and get captured for the for this you know atmosphere. Yeah. And in the case of uh, Ivory Coast, you know, those, I remember those greens, those big trees, the rain all the time, the birds, yeah. um, and, uh, you know, people, the the, the, the the people, the clothes that were so colorful and, and, and amazing and the smiles and... Yeah. Yeah, and 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 poetry also plays a role, right? The, the, that that I couldn't find online, so you'll have to share. <laughs> yeah, um, poetry as well is something that I I think I write poetry since I was maybe ten or eleven years old. 
And I was always shy to show it. And I always was like, I'm not sure if this, I mean, I can publish this or, or not. I mean, so, I mean, normal doubts that you have as a, as a writer. And um, when I finished my posting in, uh, in uh, Ivory Coast, I really started to develop this idea that I really had to, to write something about it. Yeah. And um, I, I collect everything I had for the previous three years. And then I moved to, to Cape Verde. And um, that place was so peaceful. And I, had, um, I lived in Praia, in the capital, in a, in a pretty nice house in front of the, of the sea. And I said, okay, I, I really need to do something with this. So at the beginning, I thought that it was a very good idea because I, I couldn't find many things about, about Cape Verde. So mm. I, I, I thought, okay, I'm going to write something about Cape Verde and I'm going to try to, I mean, I, I'm going to find someone to translate it in Portuguese. And that was my first book, uh, oh, just wow. called Faro Fundo. And then uh, for the second one, which is uh, the Har Africa, which means live in Africa, uh, I, uh, I contact uh, also one uh, publishing house in Spain. And they knew the Faro Fundo book, my first book. So, and they said yes to this one. Oh, and then that, you know, started. But to me also, as I have a job and, and at that time I was also having kids, it, it really, it takes a lot of time. Yeah, so yeah. maybe it took me four or five years to, to put everything together and to have the, the time to, to read those poems and, you know, make sense. Um, for me to make sense as a whole yeah, book, yeah, you know, it took yeah. a lot. And uh, last year, just before the well, last year, almost two years ago, just before the pandemic, my last book came uh, came out, and uh, which is a book um, called um, "Poemas in Tierra," poems uh, without soil, hmm. uh, which is a book about uh, India and, uh, and Nepal, about my my years there. And um, and also as well, I mean, the book came in 2020, and I I mean I left uh, India in 2014. So imagine, oh, wow. it yeah, takes yeah. time. These are poems talking about again similar to photography around nature and and or, 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 or. I'm trying to describe what I what I live there. Even in, in my in my book about Africa in the heart Africa, there there is. There are some points related to Liberia and, and those women I, I, I spoke to you about in, uh, in Monrovia. Yeah. So it mixes the fragility of of, uh, of of the of the human nature with the overwhelming sense of being in a place that is pure nature mm, yeah. um, altogether. So I try to describe as my moods or the places I the places I love. Or, or some places I discover, or some experiences I had, no, during those 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 years there. So they are a little bit mixed, but uh, yes, when people read them, they told me that yes, it's like almost like a traveling story or a travel book, but in poetry about uh, yeah, yeah. about those places, and also those. To me, is like help. They help me to remind. I mean, and they help me to remember. That I was once there, that I had those experiences. No, it's like that. I don't want to. I don't want to forget. Yeah, 
And um, so you, you're now currently in post in uh, in uh, in Israel, and so uh, we we um, we agreed that we wouldn't really go into the specifics of your job to make it a little easier <laughs> in terms of uh, being more free yes. to speak. So what I'll do, I'll yes. I'll, I'll, I'll I'll ask you a, a different different question, which is if you had to write uh, a, a poem today about what you. Uh, see and what you feel about uh, your your current life in in Israel, um, and we talked about, of course, the the, the stunning beauty of some of the uh, the architecture and the atmosphere mm. in Jerusalem. Obviously, so how how would you kind of describe how it feels like uh, living and working in in in, in Israel um, today? <clears throat> well, I have to say that this. Is maybe one of my, or or, or or has been the most difficult place I've been worked mm. to, because the realities of the underground are are more than overwhelming, yeah. and um, and I have to say that it's it has been really tough also because of the pandemics. Yeah, because I got here in two thousand summer two thousand twenty. So yeah. I got all the lockdowns, all the everything, all the restrictions, and being a diplomat in those circumstances is really tough. Because uh, yes, I know we have a lot of technology nowadays, and um, we have Zoom and, uh, and everything else, but it doesn't compare the feel of being yeah. in a room with people, talk to them. Uh, shared your experiences, your previous postings, because uh, that's how we make acquaintances, and also that's how we, I mean, we do our work better. Yeah. And um, I remember my first six months here. That were really, I mean, alone. Mm. I, yeah. I I I got here in in August, and uh, at the beginning, I think. I remember that Israel was like the best country in the world yeah, to be yeah, yeah. in terms of uh, the pandemics because they were, hand I mean, they were handling everything very good. And we, we were surprised. The shops were open, the restaurants were open, but that lasted for 15 days. Yeah. And then in September, everything, I mean, was closed. I remember that the next restaurant I went to was in March. <laughs> yeah. And um, I I always tend to, when I when I got to a place, I try to read as much as possible, and then I try to travel and I try to go to ma as many places as possible to get like a sense of or, or that I know a little bit the place and that I, I know where I have to go or things like that. Especially here, that I, as a deputy general consul, I had a lot of consular affairs, mm, and yeah. uh, sometimes you have to travel and you have to go to um, uh, Nablus or Hebron or uh, another. I mean, many cities. And I couldn't. So that leaves you a little bit like uh, you have this feeling of being very alone you, uh, and, and of don't, not knowing anything else. Yeah, yeah. So it will be something related to this solitude I experienced, especially the first months. And then uh, maybe the complexity of understanding what's going on here, yeah. which is not easy. And you mentioned you also got a sense of the the, the harshness or the, the challenges on the ground. So, uh, do, do you mind sharing a little bit more what you saw or what struck you the most? No, of course. I mean, um, here, 
um, Spain has a consulate, a general consulate in Jerusalem, because it's an, uh, and there are only eight more, like us here, only mm, in Jerusalem, because yeah. we open it in the 19th century, yeah, um, way back in time and way before the existence of the the, the, the state of uh, Israel. And um, we did it because we have a lot of uh, we had a lot of um, interest and matters related to the pilgrims and uh, yeah. the the holy parts yeah. that uh, are now I mean managed by 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 the by the church by the Catholic Church here the work uh, which could be more consular at the at the beginning because we have an embassy in uh, in Tel Aviv. It's more political because we are also the uh, the political um, or like the kind of embassy, but not because it's a general consulate that deals with the Palestinian Authority. So we got the two realities. So we we live in Jerusalem, but when we work, we have to go to Ramallah. So we have to move into the we have to move into the occupied territories. And then um, also we have also we have to go to to, to to Tel Aviv sometimes, and we have to. So we see like many different uh, realities, and we hear all the parts. And uh, this is part of our, I mean, our our job with the countless meetings of every kind. So um, yeah. it's more political now than than consular. Yeah. So you've you've, you've had a chance to go to to Ramallah and, and on the on the. Yeah, yeah. Yes, nice. and I've been to Gaza. I've been to Gaza several times. Yes, we have. A, I mean, we 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 support our Spanish. We have a Spanish community there. I mean, not many people, but we have like uh, around uh, one hundred and fifty uh, people there. And uh, then this year, during the month of May, we have uh, we had a war for 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 ten days. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we we had a plan to, I mean, to take them uh, back to Spain or to move them from there and. Uh, Yes, it's. I mean, it's part of my job, and that, that's what I like, of, yeah. of being a diplomat, of being in the place where things are happening. You know, <laughs> that's what, that's what I like the most. Don't right. read it about in the newspaper. No, yeah, I'm here, <laughs> and I'm and I'm and I'm living it. Yeah, yeah, right. Paloma, I've, I've really enjoyed our conversation. I wanted to ask you if there's uh, anything anything else you wanted to share with our, our GMAP friends, our GMAP community. Yes, of course. Uh, the impact of GMAP, the impact that that GMAP had had on me, on my. I cannot say in my career yet, but um, yeah, yeah. because well, it's been what five years, four years, but um, the impact of uh, of your map was amazing. I mean, I have to say that uh, my my year as uh, as the mapper was probably one of the most happiest uh, years oh, wow. ever. Yeah. You know, the people, yeah. I I remember when I when I was young I studied one year at the university when I studied one year in Toulouse as an Erasmus student, which was also great. But uh, the fact of being able to do this masters was 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 very tough sometimes because I was working and I was a mom, yeah. and at the same time had the chance to meet my other gmappers. I mean my my group there was. Unbelievable! I, I still miss them every day, 
and and and, and we talk really often and uh, i i did some traveling with some of my of the gmappers and i got the chance to to before the pandemics to go to a couple of of, of alumni weekends and and really it was it was amazing and uh, and it had an impact it had an impact of uh, of being able to to do everything all together to meet people that were so alike that could i mean understand you perfectly well that were happen i mean when we're undergoing the same challenges and the same also the same experience even if they were not all diplomats no but that we were all in the same page and that was that was very nice even with such a diversity of backgrounds and cultures exactly. and ways of thinking which was yes. really funny yeah yeah great that's in terms of, of personal and then in terms of the education i yeah. am i am really happy you know that the, 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 the professor we had and the the classes we had the, the, the experiences the books we had to read and then it was it was really it was really something that i i, I mean i, I will share is forever yeah yeah it's, it's really incredible that even somebody like you with a practitioner's uh, uh, track record in international affairs um, li- got so much out of, out of a degree, out of the theory out of it. Anyway, so, yeah. <laughs> well, that's the, 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 the amazing thing of the map, I guess. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Please follow us and subscribe wherever you get your podcast from to be the first to know when new episodes come out. Thank you.